This is Jay Miller from NASA. We're the New Life Voyage, and we've crash-landed. If you're getting this message, please send help. I'm the only known survivor from the crash. I couldn't find anyone after I woke up. We crashed into this jungle planet that has huge trees and soft grass everywhere. I spent all day searching for the crew, but I couldn't find anyone. The names of the other explorers are Davy Cypress, Abby Winston, Robert Quint, Jordan Fleck, Mark Smith, Professor Wellington, and Richard Starling. I went to everyone's room to see if I could find them or see anything, but the only thing I could find was a radio. It doesn't seem like a normal radio from Earth, though. Then again, last time we, our team was on Earth was August 24th, 1963. I turned the radio on, and it played this. And that was Brainless by Zvisik and Levitate, and you're listening to Divinity FM. The radio was in the professor's room, and he also had a clock that said the date from Earth. The clock reads May 18th, 2020. I'm guessing the professor has been working really hard to try getting us back into the future. I miss Earth. It's been so long. They said that one day they would get us back to Earth, but at this point I really doubt it. I mean, if NASA was gonna try getting us back to Earth, would they not have already sent us back after the first few missions? I mean, we're not even the first team to be sent out on this voyage. It's so weird to think about that NASA is just using us like pawns at this point, just for their space race with the USSR. But enough about NASA. I guess I should probably go back to explain the situation. I checked around the engine room to see what caused us to really crash land, but it seems like something, like a large creature was living in our engine room without us really knowing. Because as soon as like I went in there and I saw, there was this huge gaping hole in the side with a nest made just from like old clothes and spacesuits. I'm really curious if maybe that we kept it or like picked it up from a different planet. Maybe someone smuggled it on, or maybe it just found its way here and started living in the depths of the engine room. Anyway, I don't think I want to think of that for a while until I found the crew or at least confirm that they have sadly passed. I went to the storage closet to see if I could find anything, and I found a gun, an LID, and a handsaw. I'm probably going to need to cut down some of these trees with the handsaw. It appears that this wood is probably the same strength as metal, so if I just take the time to make some makeshift nails or whatever I need, I can probably patch up the hole, and we can try at least getting out of here. When I went outside, I found Richard Starling's helmet. I could tell it was his because it had his numbers on it. What NASA liked to do was give us all numbers. My numbers were JM71740. I'm going to be honest, I'm kind of glad that NASA sent us, because I got to leave that horrible place. I spent the past seven years of my life working for them, and this is what I get out of it. Knowing that I may never see Earth again realizing that the lives that are with me are probably gone. I just can't really see why a corporation, a company would do that. Just in the name of science. I don't think that is science. I think that is against our human rights, honestly. But then again, does NASA really care about human rights or what we have to say? I didn't think so. I gotta be honest, it's kinda hard to remember what happened before the crash. I mean, it feels like a blur, but what I really remember was that Professor Wellington always saved to his room, saying that 
he was up to something, but we never really knew what. I mean, then again, me and Mr. Sterling's always said that he was up to monkey business, but he never found it funny. I mean, I guess when your entire existence is just being a chimpanzee, then learning how to speak English almost fluently, you get a little upset when people make jokes about that. Then again, what do I know? I'm just a human. I am kind of surprised, though, that Mr. Cypress and Mr. Quint never realized that something was going to go down with the ship. I mean, they were NASA's top engineers, but, you know, I guess some things do fly under the radar. And the fact that Miss Woodston and Miss Fleck never realized until it was too late to pull up on the ship. I just... I don't know. I gotta say, it's gonna be weird trying to find them. I only really met them after I got my internship. None of these people I ever knew, or wanted really to know until now. But, I guess, when you're just a young teenager trying to, you know, help your country out, get to space, you don't really care about who you meet or how you meet them, you just meet them. I've kind of curious about something now. Could I possibly mix my audio log with the radio and see if maybe, just maybe the signal is strong enough to send this down to Earth? I mean, it's a pretty good thought. I don't see why it wouldn't be. I mean, Earth can communicate with us, so if I add a way for me to communicate with Earth, could I contact NASA or hopefully NASA's gone and there's a new, better space team. As long as it's not Russian, I'm fine with it, really. I miss my family a lot. I mean, ever since I started working at NASA, I didn't get to talk to him. And since the clock says that it's been a long time in space, or the fact that I've been in space for this long, it might mean that my parents are gone. But, I mean, I guess with modern science, if they can send us to space, they've got to be able to keep people alive still. I mean, what's the difference between space travel and long life besides the fact that in long life you don't need a rocket? I just realized I've been rambling into this audio log, telling it everything. Maybe, maybe that's a good thing though. I mean, before I found the audio log, I was panicking, feeling as if maybe I was going insane, but, I mean, as soon as I clicked it on, I mean, this planet didn't seem so hostile, and felt more calm, and almost willing to allow me to be here. Now that I think about it, though, the autolog's almost dead, so I should probably charge it using the rest of the energy from the ship. I know I had a few batteries left, so... Let me go plug this in, and I guess in the meantime, I'm going to take a nap. So I guess this is going to be it for the audio log for a while. I'll probably turn it back on later tonight, or just, you know, wait until tomorrow. Hey everyone, uh, this is Jack Carson. I am the producer, editor, writer, and voice of this podcast. Thank you for listening to episode one. It's not over yet. This is just a kind of the middle of the road thing. I would like to say... You know, a uh, big shout out to Ali Raplier and Tiffany Newland. They did the cover art 
for the podcast, and it is beautiful. Uh, so thank you all very much. I'd also like to say a big shout out to Levitate and Zvixith. I'm sick. I don't know how to pronounce your name. It's basically Mason and Daniel. Uh, that was actually their music. Um, go listen to their album that is dropping this Friday, May 20-something. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Um, thank you for listening to the podcast. Please share it on all your favorite platforms. And give it a like and follow us on Spotify. And, yeah, so thank you for listening to this little mid-story announcement. Now, let's get back into the main story of Planet Unknown. <sighs> um, uh, I just turned the audio log back on. Um, I heard something. There is an animal out here. It is dark outside. And I figured I'd just give a quick update before I go to sleep for the night. I heard just loud metallic scratching on the doors and near the hole. Now, I'm glad the creature didn't go through the hole. I need to make sure I can find ammunition for this gun. If I don't, then I am most likely going to have to either attack it with the saw or, sadly, I may or may not get eaten. But then again, I'm just probably going to find ammo somewhere. If not, I could probably make ammo. Remember, we kept gunpowder in the storage closet. So if it comes down to it, I can probably make some makeshift bullets out of these trees and the gunpowder. But I guess we'll come to that if I can't find any bullets, which I don't see why I couldn't find any bullets around the ship. I guess I should probably go check tomorrow, but I don't know. I gotta say, though, it's pretty cold at night on this planet. I mean, I don't know why it'd be warm, but still, shouldn't be this cold. I need to start a fire, or I think I might freeze to death out here. And, yes, I am sleeping outside and not in my room to preserve energy with the ship. I think that it would just be best for me to, you know, sleep outside on this planet. I just checked, and um, it appears that there are some bullets already in the gun, which, I mean, that's a score, I guess. Uh, man, it is really late at night, and... This planet, the effects of it feel a lot different. The air feels a lot lighter than it did when we first crashed. I feel a lot more calm at night. I'm looking around and all the grass and all the living things around here, such as like mushrooms I saw, they're all glowing. And it's such a peaceful, nice feel. I kind of wish... Maybe this wasn't the journey and the exploration. I kind of wish this was just a dream that tomorrow I'm going to wake up from and who knows, I'll be back at home with my family. I'll be back on Earth, just someplace that is a lot calmer and a lot more peaceful. Then again, I doubt that will actually happen. Reality has changed so much since I joined NASA's team, and I gotta say, I never would have expected to end up here, lost in a universe with no one but me 
this audio log and not really knowing if I'm going to see people for the next few days, weeks, months, years, ever again. It's, it's a weird thought, really. But I guess when you're in space, you never know. Reality is just that. It's just space. <laughs> I'm guessing that's the tired of me talking. I mean, I should probably actually go to bed and start working on stuff tomorrow. So I guess that is, is the end of audio log one. If you are receiving this message, I am Jay Miller, and I am stuck, not just on this planet, but with my thoughts. So if you could rescue me, or at least try rescuing our ship, please, please send help. Thank you for listening to episode one of Planet Unknown. I know I already said it in the middle of the episode, but of course I'd like to give, um, you know, some shoutouts. Uh, shoutout number one, of course. Gotta say thank you again yet to Ali Raplier at Ali Raplier on Instagram and at Tiffany Newland, Tiffany Newland on Instagram. They made the cover and it is beautiful. I'd also like to say big shout out to my friend at Colby underscore maybe, Colby Harden. He made the music. It is called Starry Night. You can check it out at Colby underscore oop on, on not GarageBand, on BandLab. And of course, if you would like to support me, um, of course, you can follow me on Instagram at planet underscore unknown podcast. And if you want to make fan art or, of course, any of those kinds of things, uh, use on Instagram hashtag planet under planet. Hmm, dang, I messed up my own hashtag. The hashtag is hashtag planet unknown underscore podcast. Uh, thank you again for listening. Share this with your friends. And uh, I hope you enjoyed. Have a pretty epic day.